date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. Peggy has, she had this great idea. We're talking miracles. Are you making room for miracles in your dating life? Peggy's taking the lead on this. I'm super excited because I'm doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You better do something. I'm going to need your help here. Oh, you guys, I have had some amazing experiences. And this is why, I mean, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I've been praying a lot about this and this, I feel like, it's a really important thing that all of us are trying to figure out. How do we get miracles to happen in our life? How do we get past this, uh, you know, wanting these things that we want, wanting to have great dating relationships, or maybe even just moving forward in our life in some way? And, you know, President Nelson talked about expect miracles, right? Yes. Seek miracles. And I just am going to start out by telling a little bit of a story about a promise that was made to me like a year and a half ago. Oh, even longer than that. And, and then I got the message and this is all from God that I, my faith wasn't quite where it needed to be in order for this wonderful thing to happen in my life. And I was like, Okay, so I've been trying to get my faith in order, and I'm like, I'm doing all the things, I'm checking You're off checking the, all list. the boxes, I'm going to the temple, I'm you know trying to follow the prophet, you know all this stuff, and I'm like, ah, the missing uh, piece, yeah, and I've, I've been prayed like, what do I need to do to show my faith? Sometimes I'll get an answer and I'll do that, and I just have been like this thing, and over the last month, I got this piece, and probably more than a month. And, and so I wanted to share this with you and I want you to, we're going to be talking about, because the piece for me was humility. I'm just going to call myself out here over general conference, which was just a few weeks ago, about a month ago. Um, the one talk that really stood out to me that was like, ding, was humility, <laughs> Well, and we all think we're humble, don't oh, we? Oh, yeah. Well, I've been thinking, you know, I'm not too prideful, but we're going to talk about this. We're kind of going to get into the, into the nitty gritty. And yes, we've all heard about the pride cycle in the Book of Mormon. And it's it's over and over and over again. Certainly, Heavenly Father's giving us a message that pride is a part of the natural man and that we're going to have to overcome this. So we're going to talk about the pride cycle a little differently than maybe you've heard before. Like if you do Google search and pride cycle, this is going to be a little different. But what I would like for you to do is open up your awareness that if something is said here, like there's a saying that says, um, you know, a good talk will always comfort the afflicted and afflict the the comfortable. (laughs) So, If this pricks you in some way or you feel uncomfortable, just know that I'm there with you. I had this experience and this is why I'm doing this. Um, And that we all have these things, but it's just to raise awareness to empower you. It's not for you to ruminate about and to beat yourself up about because we're going to talk about different things and I want for you to listen for and feel for where it might 
kind of bug you or you might get defensive or something like that. And then and then know that that's just to empower you for you to right. kind of a piece for you to look at. We don't know what's wrong. We yeah, can't we, make it right. Right. It's just a way for you to kind of look at it and go, oh, maybe that's for me. So some of what I've taken here is from a BYU speeches by Wilford W. Anderson and then also a an institute talk by um, Becky Iyer. So um, I will share, and there's some quotes and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to share of everything I've written out. I've written out a lot, and I've she thought a lot pages. about this. Pages, and we won't be that long. But at the end, hang on to the end, because we're going to talk about ways that we can get out of the pride cycle. And it's when we get to this point where we can let go of our will and let God's will. And I've thought about this a lot, and I couldn't figure out how am I not, you know, doing this, right? Right. Um, so it's sometimes it's really hard to, for me anyway. Does it hard for you, Sharon, to understand how to let go of your will and let God's will happen? Oh, yeah. I, I would hope everybody's in this with us because we have these ideas. Right. You know, we've talked about telling the stories. We have these ideas about how things are supposed to go, we, the expectations yeah. of our lives. And yeah. and I, I remember a couple of times in my life, I literally felt like Heavenly Father went, oh, no, honey, you're not supposed to go this direction. You're supposed to go this direction. And it was like, wait, what? You know, but we need to be open to that. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's hard. And that's that's the process of life and the process of doing, you know, going through the these cycles that we go through. Okay, so I want you to imagine a clock and at 12 o'clock is pride in its fullness. It's the pinnacle of pride. And this is when we are at 12 o'clock on the pride cycle, we are like the Nephites. We feel so successful, so intelligent, so popular, and 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 we feel invincible. Have you felt that way before? Oh yeah. Yes. We think we got it covered. So yeah, it's and like we we've and, arrived. You know, other people are complimenting our successes. You know, and we get irritated with others. You know, if they don't compliment us, or we tend to not want to listen to others if people kind of give us like. Maybe, like friends Some that say, constructive, constructive criticism. criticism or whatever. And sadly, sometimes we end up not listening to Heavenly Father either. We don't listen to other people. This can be prideful. So pride, let's just talk about it for a second, is about me. It includes self-centeredness, conceit, boastfulness. Now, some of you are saying, that's not me. I would say that's not me too. Right. Um, it's essentially competitive in nature, and I do own that I can be Competitive. Um, it means enmity towards God. Um, and the proud can't accept the authority of God giving you direction in your life. We're going to talk a little more about that in just a minute. Um, and we turn more to our own power, and faith in God becomes faith in ourself. Ooh, so why would that we do that? For a second. I know we do that, but why do we do that? Why do we do That's that? That's so like, destructive for us. Good question. Do you have the answer to that? <laughs> no, no, but no. It, it faith goes in God becomes faith in self. Yeah. Uh, I think we start feeling really good about things and we yeah. ride along and we forget we got to keep in that communication. And that you know what it reminds it, me of? What? It's like when things are going bad, you're like, why God, why, why are you doing this? And when things are going great, we're like, oh, I got this. Look at everything I accomplished. <laughs> Right? Yes, it's not it, acknowledging it, is, God and everything yes, that comes to us. Yes, and that is that is prideful. 
Yeah. That is very prideful, yeah. but we, we all do it. Tell me we all do it because yes, I, we all I, do it. I know when I'm, you know, when I'm on a high and things are going really well, I, you know, I, I tell him I'm grateful, but I don't know that I really behave like I'm grateful because I like to take the credit. I know. <laughs> it's like, look what Our I confessions. did. Well, you know what? So I am going to just briefly here, and this does not do this any um, justice. This I'm going to talk about the Enneagram, which is a personality type okay. um, typing, which has yeah. nine personality types. And there's a ton of stuff on the internet. It has been around for years and years and years. It's one of the most accurate personality testing that you can get done. And it is powerful stuff. But we're going to talk about the nine different vices or the prideful things that come come up. Now, every single one of us has at least one of these where we sit in it pretty strongly. Everybody. So something that I'm going to say may poke at you or you may defend against and say, oh, that's not me. Right. I want you to listen to that. I want you to feel into that and just be open. Okay. Because we are talking about miracles. We're talking about what we need to do in order to get those miracles yes, happening. to open ourselves our up. Because Heavenly Father yes. wants to bless us with these things. So, so if yes. you will just get yourself in a place to open your heart these and open your mind. These are miracle blockers. We're going to call these miracle, miracle blockers. blockers. Okay. This is about having control ourselves instead of giving up control to God. Yes. Okay. So, and these are based on, like I said, the nine personality types. Anger. Personality one. Nitpickers. Irritated and ju- you become irritated and judgmental. And by the way, we can all, we all have a little bit of all of these, oh, yeah. you know, so you'll kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And I'm just, like I said, I'm glossing over these real fast. Um, we can project anger onto others, um, leaving them hurt and confused. Yes, that's um, normal. Jump to conclusions on limited data. Yeah. Okay. Um, and number two is, um, self-inflation or false pride. Now this is not the big pride cycle pride. This is like puffing, puffing ourselves up. This is praising flattery praise. Um, and when we're in this place, we overcompensate, um, our, for us, for others to meet other people's needs where we're overcompensating to try and meet other people's needs. We become more social to gain more friends. So it's very self-oriented. We develop a martyr complex. Anybody, this is ringing oh, bells. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's, this is all under pride. Yes. Okay. This is this, this is a self-inflation The you know, the flattery right, and praise right. getting praise. Okay. Three is deceit. And this is, um, life is your stage and you play the role. This is like doing anything to convince others you're thriving. Um, fooling yourself into being fine through denying what's really going on. Um, sprucing up your social media to curate ideal highlight reels. Oh, who doesn't do that? (laughs) We're all kind of in that. Um, so wearing yourself out through work and socialization. And I will confess that I can come to this three I have some of this in me. So I know where my, my personality types are, and I'm going to confess them as we talk. So you'll know that we're in this together. Okay, four is envy. That's expense emotional energy on desiring what others have, which they do not. Um, which is useless because a lot of times what we think other people have that we don't, we actually do have. Right. We deceive ourselves with this one. So there's also with this one, 
is we go to great lengths to explore avant-garde concepts to differentiate ourselves from the crowd. This is an obsession to be different. Yes. Of always feeling like there's a piece missing and you have to always, you always have to find that. So that that's envy. And, and then avarice, um, this is the kind of avarice that's internal, like rationalize that you can live without relationships or interactions. You avoid oftens, you avoid others often for weeks. You withdraw, isolation, reclusive. Um, so, so you escape into mental fantasies. Well, this, this shows up. Can we just say this shows up in dating when everybody's like, you know what? I just give up. I just give up in dating. Or you'll see it on social media where people will complain. Yes. And you try and uh, give them an answer and they're like, no, push against your answer. Let me because complain. They like want it. They, and we all do this in some yeah. ways, you know, they really are own. They really love this place of being the complainer of being the one who doesn't have, yes, you know, who doesn't that, have enough or doesn't yeah. have enough dates or doesn't have enough attention from the opposite right, sex. Right. Yes. So then six is fear. Um, so fear, this is convince yourself that you're destined to fail. This is struggling with the debilitating worries about yourself and your future. Um, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. I own this. This is, I was going to say, I think this one's very common, very, very very common. common. And I, this is, this is my personality type, but I sit in the most. And so I have to be really aware of it. Okay. Um, seven is gluttony. So self-indulgence and distraction seeking. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you pay more attention to pleasure than health. You, um, you have recklessly spending habits. If you're a drinker or drugs, sometimes you, you get obsessive with that. Um, you struggle to cope with mundane aspects of everyday life. Um, this can be the people who are, um, like thrill seekers too, yeah. or people who are constantly going out and doing this and doing that. You see the, I mean, they're going on this vacation. They're doing this thing here. They're always having fun. You know, Ooh, they're medicating. Yeah. They're medicating. Medi- they're medicating yeah. the gluttony. real issues. Yes. Gluttony. Okay. Gluttony. And number eight is lust, lust for power, life, a sense of superiority. Mm. Um, they adopt a black and white thinking. It's me against, against me. Me against you abruptly cuts ties and burns bridges. Oh, interesting. Gives others rigid requests and ultimatums. This is all under lust. This is lust. Yeah. Interesting. Um, they they do like survive lots of survival stuff. Um, they this is masking their deep insecurity that they may that they may not even be aware of. Interesting. You know? So um, and number nine is sloth. <laughs> this is. Um, Struggle with chronic procrastination, lethargy, indolence, repress anger and frustration. This is struggle to stand up for yourself or even realize your own true desires. Okay, so take a breath, everybody. No if kidding. I just said that and you were like, oh my gosh, none of these seem good at all. <laughs> well, I can see why they definitely, why they're blocking Heavenly Father's miracles. Yes, yes. So, and you may touch on these a little bit. And there's a lot of really awesome quality about, qualities about every one of these personality types, which means you're in that as well. So I don't want to focus on that, but leaning on the arm of flesh is part of what, what happens in the next. So we're at 12 o'clock is pride, and then it pushes us, it pushes us to offending the spirit. Pride alienates us from God. So... Now we're going to talk a little bit about obedience at this two o'clock, you know, 
place, true obedience is giving ourselves entirely to Heavenly Father and allowing Him to chart our course both in calm waters and troubled ones, understanding He can make more of us than we could ever make of ourselves. That's from a talk by Elder Vanji Keech. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about obedience. So the first law of heaven is obedience. It's not love. We have a lot in our culture today that's telling us, oh, if you just love. I was just listening to a, a pop, um, a, a Christian pop song, and it was talking about love. Love is the answer. Love is the answer. And right. yes, right. love is very, very important. But the first law of heaven is obedience. And when we don't obey, we offend the spirit. And that's pride leads us to disobedience. So I, I want to focus on the nuances of obedience that the natural man is teaching us, that we hear in the world. And I, this was so eye-opening for me. I wanted to share this. And this is from Becky Iyer and the Institute um, talk. The, obedience, this is the words of the world. This is not really what obedience is, but this is what we're being taught if you, we listen to the world. It causes you to forget who you are. Like obedience, it's not an individual thing. You become part of the, you know, part of the robotic, mindless. Everybody crowd. else is Everybody doing is it, following. so it's okay. Well, no, this is the obedience when you obey. When you obey God, you become robotic. Oh, and, oh okay. You know what Got I mean? You. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, I see. Okay. you forget who you really are. So that individual, like you get lost in it. So you don't want to be that obedient person, right? So it convinces your submission that your submission is bad convinces this is the world's right convinces you love is all you need right and, I, and we know that's not true right take rationalization um oh i can't read what i wrote here never mind on that one um teaches that obedience is not as important as love so you disregard authority and rules and commandments because it's not as important as love right you know jesus is a great historical figure but you know, we just have to love like Jesus did. We don't actually have to do what he said. Right. Right. right? It's like, yeah, if, if we love our neighbor enough, what we do doesn't matter. You know, we can right. make up for it by loving our savior and loving. Right. Right. You know, when, right. As when, long as we just love, right, everything's yeah. okay. Yes. No, I've seen that. Create a world of instant gratification. Right. Um, so that's, a, that's a part of what the world tells us. And then, um, it convinces you that it's too hard. Obedience is too right. hard. So here's the thing. So we're at number two. This is offending the spirit. Humility precedes obedience. And none of those things, those things are kind of very self-focused, right? right? right. So he, this is by Brother Anderson in the talk. When we offend the spirit, we cut ourselves off from the very source of all spiritual nourishment. And it is just a matter of time until we begin to wilt. Without the help of the Lord and the influence of the Spirit, the gravitational pull of the pride cycle drags us down toward the next place, which is 4 o'clock failure. Okay, so we've got the pride cycle, 12 o'clock pride, 2 o'clock um, offending, offending the Spirit, spirit 4 o'clock failure. The painful consequences of our foolish pride. Maybe we lose a job, lose a girlfriend or a boyfriend, the same patterns of relationships keep showing up, failure again and again, right? We're not, we're not healing. We lose respect from those that matter the most to us, or we lose respect for ourselves, which is even worse. So this place of failure and pain hits us because we've disconnected ourselves from the spirit. Now we're down to six, humility. 
on the bottom of the cycle, okay? So our journey from four o'clock failure to six o'clock humility can be strangely exhilarating. We begin to lose our pretensions. We are no longer trying to impress those around us. We begin to see things more clearly and more honestly. We are more comfortable with criticism and can smile at our own mistakes and weaknesses. So those are some ways that we can know that we are more in a humble place. Uh, the, one Christian author said this, observed, we, we, we think less of ourselves, ra but rather we, th we don't think less of ourselves, but rather we think of ourselves less. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so that's a way to look at humility. Um, when we submit to the will of God, miracles happen. Um, so remember President Nelson said our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, will perform some of his mightiest works, some of his mightiest works between now and when he comes again. We will see miraculous indication that God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, preside over this church in majesty and glory. And he said, seek and expect miracles. And so... When we submit our will to God, miracles happen. So we just talked about the beginning of this, you know, that first part of the pride cycle when the, all of those possible things right. that we could be doing that we need to let go of. And I was reminded as I was coming to this place of humility of our podcast episode 61, where we interviewed, where I interviewed Marilee Richens. And she said, when we follow God's story for us, doors open. Yes. And I, I just want to tell you when this happened for me, the story I was telling at the beginning, doors started opening, miracles started happening, and I can count them. I can write them down. I know what they are, and I can testify to you that this happened for me, which is why I wanted to share this with you, because this was, this, 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 there's a part here that I'm going to share that um, was, was so mind-blowing um it's a scripture i'm trying to find it here it's a scripture that um that we've all read we speak um often of the great triumvirate of christian virtues faith hope and charity but the prophet mormon suggested that there is a fourth virtue that makes possible the uh, possible the other three so this is the scripture that when I heard it in the context of this whole pride cycle and faith, hope, and charity, remember my journey was how can I be more faithful? This just kind of hit me, really hit me. We've heard this so many times. So, so Mormon suggested this. And again, and this is in Mormon 743, behold, I say unto you that he cannot have faith. Ye cannot have faith and hope, save ye shall be meek and, meek and lowly of heart. So the suggestion is that there are actually four virtues, that it's not just faith, hope, and charity, but you have to have humility in order to have faith, hope, and charity. And this was like, ah, 
for me. Well, and there's so many examples in the scriptures of when Heavenly Father had to humble somebody. And right. we don't want that to happen to us. Right. It's just not a fun thing. No. Like, you know, maybe we can do that ourselves so Heavenly Father doesn't see the need to and you know, smite us. Yeah. And some of the and other words that we use with humility are submissive. Yes. And I think that for me, has I've pushed up against that, you know, um, struggled with that. But submitting our will to God's will is an act of courage. And... And I, I have to say that is what it took for me to submit my will to God for these miracles to happen. I just laid, honestly, I, I made a list of five things. I laid them at the Savior's feet. I said, I will do this. I will follow this. And I'm going to put these concerns. I have real legitimate concerns at your feet. And I will submit to your will. And I'm telling you, that's when the miracles started to happen. Brokenhearted is another word for humility. Peaceful, hopeful condition and a prerequisite to eternal glory. That's what brokenhearted is. A broken heart is one that has been trained through experience to be obedient and responsive to the commands of the master, like a horse is to the bridle right. and to the bit, right? Only with a broken heart, because you break a horse, right? So that's comparison. So only with a broken heart can we be truly useful and productive in the Lord's service. So, so we yield our broken hearts to God at six on the clock. And because we are humble, the Lord begins to lead us by the hand and give us answers to our prayers. With his guidance, we continue around the pride cycle and move to eight o'clock where we invite the Holy Ghost into our lives once again. So remember we had pride, offend the spirit, failure, humility, and now we're at eight o'clock. Now we're moving up. We're moving. We're moving. We begin to keep the commandments. We begin to, the blessings begin to pour out upon us. Um, Things like, you know, maybe we start paying our tithing and the windows of heaven open up or whatever that is, or we decide we're going to, really keep all the commandments. We're going to really not give in to those things that can be so, feel so easy to give in to when we're single, I feel like. I mean, everybody has their temptations, but um, we, we start to have miracles happen. Um, and that, again, like President Nelson said, seek and expect miracles. And so we're at we're at eight where the we invite the Holy Ghost and we follow God's story for us and doors start to open. Okay, then ten o'clock is happiness. What is happiness? What is happiness? Um, It's praise, maybe feeling like really good. People are praising you, compliments, and that can be kind of like a a drug, right? Getting a lot of praise as long as it doesn't make you prideful. Yeah, well. 10 goes up to 12 to the 12 o'clock and we start over again. Oh, that's okay. true. So, so what are some things that would be happiness for you, Sharon, or that you see with people that feel like they're happy? I mean, I have Well, first of, of all, we have, to, we have to make our own happy because not every situation is going to be good, you know? But if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, I think feeling the spirit brings happiness. Yeah. When you're at a really good testimony meeting or when you get to go see conference live and, and, and you get to feel the spirit that's there and surrounding your, or or a special experience in the temple, doesn't that raise you up? Doesn't that just raise you up and make you happy? Yes. And then other things that like boots on the ground, things like you get a girlfriend or you get a boyfriend 
or you get that job and things really start opening up. You're able to buy that house, you know, or uh, you're achieving you're your goals, getting plenty of dating options. Yeah. You're achieving your goals. You get the house, the car, um, or maybe even it's your kids are having success. Maybe they're getting married in the temple or, or maybe there are other successes. And so, so, so these things are the place of happiness. So, but this sets us up for then pride, which is right. 12 o'clock again. So you go back be, through the cycle. So we just have to be careful. So, yeah. So, um, Wilford Anderson was saying, he said, quote, I have since come to believe that we can run the cycle in five years and we can run it in five minutes. It is a pernicious pattern of thinking and behavior that permeates our society. It is so common that it sometimes becomes hard to recognize. So this is where I say, where, uh, where are we on that pride cycle? Right. Where are you? It's hard to recognize. Are you willing to look at this so that you can, you can put yourselves at the feet of the Lord and say, thy will be done. What is it that you're holding on to? What is it you want to keep control of? What is it that you, you just, like your favorite sins or whatever that is? Um, so, and that can lead to this happiness, this having all these things can lead back to pride. pride. So how do you get out of the pride cycle? So I told you that we were going to talk about this. Okay. So there's two places where you can get off of this cycle, get off the hamster wheel. And the one is four o'clock failure. So when failure hits, maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's whatever that is. We can get angry and push back and defensive, right. or we can humble ourselves. Right. We can be humble and seek for what, what am I supposed to learn from this? So when we face failure or affliction and feel like all is lost, if instead of becoming humble, we become angry, if we lose hope or give in, give in to self-pity, or if we begin to blame others, including God, for our misfortune, then we will exit, we will stay in the pride cycle. We will continue down to that destructive cycle. So humility in those moments, humbling ourselves, opening ourselves up to God and saying, okay, this is your will. Obviously, this is happening in my life. This door's closed or whatever happened. Show me the next door you want me to open here. Right. Or what am I supposed to learn from this? Okay, the other place where we can exit the pride cycle is at 10 o'clock or happiness. And the way we, instead of slipping into the pride, we be grateful. Sit in gratitude. Gratitude. So when it seems like we can do no wrong, when all is going well, if instead of becoming proud, we become thankful, then we will exit the pride cycle. But this time it will be upward towards God instead of spiraling down. So gratitude. And I... I'm, I just was loving this because, of course, this is November and we talk a lot about gratitude. Right. And, of course, we need to have gratitude. All This is such a powerful tool to move into joy, gratitude. Um, your gratitude will inoculate you against pride and make a way for your escape from the pride cycle. And you will never be happier than you are grateful. That's a quote, and I'm not sure who said that. You will never be happier than you are grateful. So here's a couple of things to think about. What a man can do himself is celestial. And that's part of the pride cycle. Humility 
is celestial. And didn't we, didn't our prophets say think, prophets say think celestial? He sure did. That means think humble, think humility, be grateful. And so I want to just kind of conclude this. Sharon, you haven't said very much, but I appreciate you listening to me. <laughs> She's I been so great. <laughs> I, I did have a thought on gratitude. Are we coming back to that? Yes, gratitude is where we're going to end. I've okay. got a couple of okay. a couple of gratitude tools. Okay. And I suggest you you pick one or two. There's a lot of them, but I've got a couple that that you can start practicing on a daily basis. So. But go ahead. What's your thought on gratitude? You know, you know I like the brain chemicals. Yes. <laughs> so gratitude literally makes us produce serotonin and dopamine. There you go. Gratitude makes us happy. We actually produce good chemicals in our brains when we practice gratitude. It's a blessing. It is a great blessing. It can shift you. Like, So here's... Here's the tools. This is something that I started years ago when I was going through a really stressful time in my life. And you can do this by writing if you're a journaler, um, or you can do this, like go out and go for a walk. And going for a walk is a really powerful way to do this because when you walk, it it it, it moves your brain left, right, left, right, you know, the the um, connecting the left and the right brain as you go. But I call this a gratitude rampage. And so let's say you're going for a walk and I just, everything that comes to me, it's like a brainstorm. It's just everything that comes. I'm so grateful for my shoes. I'm so grateful for the sun. I'm so grateful that my back hurts right now. And I add those things that I'm not happy about in my life because we're commanded to be grateful in all things. Again, that's part of submitting our will to God's will. Right. Everything that's happening to us is happening for a reason. It's no God is not a random God. So when we express gratitude for all those things, it can shift us to more of that dopamine and yes. serotonin, but also shift us into more joy, shift us into letting go of our control and being grateful for where we're at. So you just gratitude. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And just keep going as much as you can, as little as I'm grateful for this blade of grass. I'm grateful that I'm, I'm overthinking things. I'm grateful <laughs> that I, that I work out all the time. I'm grateful that I have, you know, great friends, everything. Thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right. and just do a gratitude rampage. Now you can do this on in writing too, and you just write. Don't worry, you know. Don't worry about punctuation. Don't worry about if somebody's going to read it. Just write, right, just write, write, right, right. Well, I love. The, I always love the idea of the gratitude journal because um, we did this actually with my kids when Spencer was born. My third child was colicky. And he had advanced reflex, so he'd throw up everything. Oh. Like, I remember his pictures, looking back at his pictures, we thought he was so cute, and his eyes were sunken in, and he was such a skinny baby. Because he threw up all the time. He oh. had this reflex. And and so I started a gratitude journal, just a little one with the kids. And they and we'd do it at night before bed, and they would carry things with them all day. I remember Rob saying he was grateful for berry, berry kicks. So he had that for breakfast in the morning, and Rob was five. And he carried that with him all day. When you're carrying yeah. gratitude all day, when he knew he had to come up with things at night, he carried it with him all day. And I always loved that concept. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's so, it makes you feel so good. And, and I've done this when I've been really, really down too. I've done this the minute, like when my, 
we talked about this when my car, when I got into an accident and yeah. was a month, a couple of months ago, and I was just immediately going, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful, blah, blah, blah. I'm grateful. And now I can tell you, I have a really beautiful front end to my car. Oh, it is that, shiny. That was not as shiny and pretty as before. <laughs> can I just add one more thing? She's going to be sorry she asked me to talk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> when you are in a really good place, when you are in a really good place and things are really going your way, and we've all been there, right? We've all right. had our ups and downs. Right. When we're on a really great up, we need to remember that the downs helped us get there. Yeah. And we need to be grateful for those down times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like you said, you have a shiny new front end and on the car. On the car. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, but we need to remember that when we're in our lows. Yes. That, you know what, they help us get to the highs. That's right. We have to get through those, and we have to learn things from them. Right. Absolutely. So the other tool would be just um, just like when you wake up first thing in the morning, think of five things you're grateful for, five things or five people, Just and, and put it out to God. Just say, I'm so grateful for Sharon and that we do the podcast and so <laughs> I'm so I'm grateful, grateful for, for you too. Aww. I'm really grateful we have this technology and that oh, I'm really yeah. grateful that we figured out how to do it. I know. You know it just but five things every morning, just kind of like as part of your prayers, meditate on those five things or just say them out loud or say them to yourself or think them. I'm so grateful for five things. And put that out before your day even begins, the gratitude. And there's, like I said, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can express gratitude, but I would encourage you to make a habit of it. So to recap, are, are we making room for miracles in our dating life or in our are life? Opening ourselves up for those. Are we opening ourselves up for those? And we went through the pride cycle. The pride at 12 o'clock, offending the spirit at 2, failure at 4, humility at 6. Um, what was 8? 8 was... I remember 10 was happiness. Invite the spirit invite back the in spirit. the spirit there back in, and 10 was happiness, and getting off of the... And then back to pride, okay? Right. So getting off of the pride cycle would be... Sitting in gratitude. Get, sitting in gratitude at 10, or making sure we go to humility yes. at, at 4. There you go. And then when we are humble, our faith, we can, we, that faith can work. The hope and the charity, it all fits together. And, and humility is that fourth virtue, that fourth triumvirate. Now it's not a triumvirate. I don't know what it's called when there's four. <laughs> but we always, always talk about that faith, hope, charity, humility, mm -hmm. faith, hope, and charity. And then when we do God's will, miracles miracles start to happen. So I really have a prayer in my heart that this has brought up things for you to really contemplate and ponder and take to the Lord and figure out how you can really start making those miracles happen in your life. Well, I know it's brought up things for me. So thank you, Peggy. Oh, you're welcome. Until next time, you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and click the button to follow us. You can reach either Sharon or I at datetoyourpotential.com. We work with people who are single or married. 
We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.